Deke Shock. Deke Shock. It takes a lot to make a stew. A pinch of salt and laughter too. A scoop of kids to add the spice. A dash of love to make it nice. And you've got too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. What? Oh, come on, you puss. I can't hear you. I got oh, the stitches are in the back of my eye. I don't have to take my half my eyeball out to sure, pull so the stitches. They're out. dissolving stitches yeah, yeah. then? Are you sure they're dissolving stitches? I mean, this is you we're talking about. So <laughs> a doctor might have used the wrong stitches. All right, exactly. No, he said, he said they'll, they'll, come out and they'll All right. melt out eventually. Good, wow. good. It's the pair of scissors he left in Andy's eyeball. <laughs> that's gonna be the, that'll be the lawsuit. Don't worry. So when will you be able to see out of it properly again? Two months. Two more months? Wow. But, um, start, start getting, I should be able to see out of it fairly good in a month, I think. Okay. All right. But if I leave the valley, my eye explodes. <clears throat> I'm sorry? If I leave the valley, my eye explodes. Oh, I do explain. Uh, air, pressure. air pressure differential because they took out they uh, removed the vitreous fluid or vitreous jelly mm-hmm. and uh, put a gas bubble in there which is why i had to lay on my belly for a uh, week because the gas bubble was holding up the retina to the back of my eye to make sure that it sealed to the back of my eye well well so there's a air there's a gas bubble that's slowly seeping out through the pores of my eyeball <laughs> and if i uh if i go up in like to a higher pressure which is anywhere leaving the valley so, so no plane travel for you. No plane travel, no. No travel period yeah, for so you. For yeah, I, I mean, I, I could probably. Andy chart, is in hell. I could <laughs> there, probably. Chart there's no a hiking route. for Andy. Right. I could probably chart a route that would take me a fair distance without, but eventually I'd hit something. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard to get out of this area without and, crossing something. And we are talking about you. You would, you would probably <laughs> think that you were safe, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> there goes your eye. I went to Boulder City today, but that was all. Yeah, it's same same level. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, That's but it, also it, the air pressure drops when you go between here and and Boulder City because it's mm-hmm. a lower lower elevation. Right. So don't do that. So I explode <laughs> during the thing. Yeah. No, it, it wouldn't explode. <laughs> it would actually shrink. But coming back, it could expand so all right so that's why you want to be careful <laughs> so no skydiving Actually, boulder city is the same elevation as my house is it really so don't leave Mike your house drop is that what's going on but i, I dropped down drop down lower to go to it Mike so coming here drops. was coming to do the podcast was a a danger no <laughs> I'm, I'm good i mean my the doctor is up on um summerlin <laughs> it's up the top of mount charleston yeah well, I'm already going up to three, three south. I was going to say, yeah, I've had my ears pop just driving out to Summerlin yeah. before, so can't imagine what you'd be feeling in your eye when driving out to Summerlin. No, good. I'm glad it's done. You, you've got, and I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. I, I almost, you. I almost bugged you guys to pick me up last week, <laughs> but I, I would have had to keep my head down. And keeping your head down, just holding your head like that. Oh, sure. Um, it but, just no. I mean, it, you emotionally feel like you're hanging your head. Oh, wow. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I want whatever I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> we pay a little, put a little bed down here for you. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what? They give me one sauce packet for three fucking burritos. <laughs> Wait, who is this? Wait, hold up a second. I have a stash. <laughs> Gunny hot? Yes. Yes. Now, who did you deal with? Who is this? Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Uh, I have never known Taco Bell to give anything but 
more sauce than a family needs. Yeah. That's what I was like rummaging around in the bag and I couldn't find anything. One sauce packet. Wow. wow. Maybe How old they, are these, Jeff? Maybe they've like, heard all of our complaints all this time. Making up for it's it. It's Taco Bell sauce. It has an expiration date. We're going to have to cross the uh, Don't franchises cross the here. streams. Don't yeah. cross the taco streams. No, no. I'm going to class my Taco Bell up a little bit with Del Taco. It's <laughs> <laughs> the other way around, isn't it? It's the other way around, isn't it? Yeah. I would say so, yeah. I think either way, it's it's either, yeah. It's not like Chipotle. Get a little uh, flesh-eating bacteria on there. Mm. Yeah, but it's spicy, so it really kicks okay. up the flavor. Well, yeah. Let's knock this up a notch. There's a flesh-eating bacteria here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it really Bam! Ting- it tingles on the tongue, so it does make it better. Not the next day, but that at that moment, it makes it better. My my friend got uh, flesh eating bacteria on her butt, <laughs> and in fact, that she has a giant butt is the only thing that saved her life. <laughs> what? Yep. So it took forever to get through the butt before it went to anything vital. Yeah, she she, okay. she said she says my big ass saved my life. Wow. I, I don't know. I've I think that's the first person. I think you're the first person I know that knows somebody that had flesh eating bacteria. Yep. So what about this? We got Jack in the box. It's not even anywhere close to. I I had talk about classing I, it up. I started throwing them away when they gave me more than more than I need because they just kept giving me way too many, and I'm like, I'm never getting through these. You know, I I, I started saving some because the same same thing that happened to you used to happen to me. Like they'd give me like one or two packets for like three items. I eventually just stopped keeping them, and now. <laughs> <laughs> now several of them have just disappeared. So, what's the sauce that go, they dip egg rolls into? Because somebody gave me a bunch of egg rolls. But sweet no and sauce. sour sauce. Okay, so can you, can you buy that at the grocery store? Can you buy yeah. A jar of sweet and sour sauce. <laughs> yeah. Gave me a bunch of egg rolls? Yeah. People uh, brought me food. You while want I was egg down. roll? <laughs> Welcome, folks. It's Geek Shock number three hundred and ninety-nine. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Fact check, Dandy. R Mitty. A very fat Mexican-filled Canadian. <laughs> We're gonna talk week and geek. <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of Mexican Canadian, that I was watching Food Network, uh, and they had diners, drive-ins, and dives. Uh-huh. And uh, freaking, he goes like, down. "Hey, SA, hey Holmes, a no, no, <laughs> it's it, it's better than it's that." A, a. So sorry a. about the hot sauce. So he goes <laughs> to Cancun and meets this guy that runs this uh, restaurant called the Surf and Burrito, and apparently there's no burrito spots. In Cancun, so this guy who is a Canadian transplant started this place called the Surf and Burrito, and it's like supposed to be the number one burrito spot in Cancun. Isn't, isn't Cancun in Mexico? Yes, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Okay. So, so, so you have a former Canadian photographer, <laughs> okay, who is now a chef and running a burrito place in Mexico. The number one burrito. The place number one in burrito Cancun. Place in, in Can- number one because there Can- is no Mexico. other. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess. It's I also know. it's also the worst burrito they, place they in did, Cancun. They, which it, is which is the uh, touristy part that's been overrun by um, cartels? I know one of them is is Acapulco. Uh, maybe Cancun. I think it's, one of them, I don't think it's Cancun. It's probably Acapulco. One of them was like a hot spot in like the early nineties. I think it's yeah. Like a, so I it was in the eighties on the Love Boat. Dun, 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 dun. They were yeah. always going to Acapulco. And now it's like you, you stop at Main Street and there's like a severed head, severed head, half a pound of Coke. Well, you, you never like know it. what you want in a vacation. Yeah. So oh, depends true. what you're looking for. Hey. If you, if you want some grim dark in your vacation, you go to Acapulco. D- those spring breaks, you're looking for head. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really say whether there were no more burrito spots in there, but he said when he moved down there, there were no burrito spots. Seriously? Uh, you're shaking so, your head? 
He's like, he took like five grand. Yes, my head. <laughs> opened his I'm own. Shaking my head. Wait a minute. Five grand Canadian or American? Uh, probably Canadian. Oh, the exchange rate is a—it's uh, pretty uh, close now. It yeah. used to be it's, way it's, skewed in our favor. Now it's, it's like I was it like ninety-eight cents on the dollar or something. Wait, like are you talking about the Canadian? Yeah, yeah. the exchange rate. It's, back it's down worse to like now. Seventy-two cents. Oh, is it really? No, no. I didn't it, realize it, it, it dropped was, that it was much. About ninety. No, it's not. I, I got ninety-four today. No, you fucking didn't. <laughs> I did. I traded him. No, you fuck. No, well, you fucking. Is this a real bank? Have a receipt, man. <laughs> what is a real bank? This is this is happening right now. No, some, no I don't. I, could, I, I changed my pants. Oh, oh, he changed his pants. I, w- I had to find the I, one I, time a month. You change your pants. Yeah. God damn it! No, I was. I had a gig. Um, <clears throat> no, I was. I was querying. <laughs> I was. I was like, I'm, I'm looking around for like anything. I'm like you know, pulling out the quarter bins and stuff, and you know, and I oh, here's like twenty five do- twenty five euros and. 20 Canadian dollars. Like, that's probably real money somewhere if I can find a place to trade it in. And there's one at the, there's one at the uh, uh, airport. All right. So, one U.S. dollar. Oh, there you go. A dollar 30 something Canadian. Dollar 28, dollar 30. It was like, one, like 111. I am All right. right. I am right. One U.S. dollar equals one dollar and 26 Canadian oh, dollars. I got a deal then. Sorry, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the eye patch, man. People take pity on me. Like, oh, it's bullfish. Shit. They, they and I do want to say, they, Andy is rocking a full-on awesome eye patch. He's living his dream. That's right. My dad's been rocking one for 20 years, so it's not... Andy has wanted one for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Apple falling far from the tree. Yeah. But, yeah. but his liberal instincts would not allow him to wear one without due cause. Ah. Mm. So... He had to wait until he had a reason, <laughs> which he himself admitted. This is the starter right, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I get the parrot next week. <laughs> well, last week we did the Pop-O-Matic of Doom because I, heard. I had 15 pages of news yes. of all categories, and I didn't want to spend 30, 40 minutes just doing news you don't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's bring out the Pop-O-Matic that Andy brought yes. for us. This week I have 16 pages of news. Well... And all categories have expanded. So wow. this is going to be part two. Pop-O-Matic of Doom yes. 2. Some of it's still Comic-Con news, but there was a lot of news that came out this week. You know, you're which is weird. Just mm. throw away the news you don't give a shit about. Just yeah. Oh, no. Swallow your pride. No, no, no. Nope. It's staying. Yeah. And the fun, the fun part a- is going to be watching Andy spill the Pop-O-Matic. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I do appreciate it. Of course, I listen. And I do appreciate that you took over my uh, screaming duties for me. That was, that was kind <laughs> of you. took, took I, over the pillow, too. Yeah. And I, took, and, and I <laughs> took over your fidgeting duties and <laughs> drove K over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He would not keep his fingers off that thing. He just sat there the whole time. I left it in the box this time. Oh, thank God. Mm. Uh, But before we begin with the news, gentlemen, any geeky things you want to talk about? Get off your chest. What'd you do? What you want? I have an almost Andy story. Oh, okay. (laughs) I almost went to this weird-ass Vegas restaurant called The Dark Room. Mm. The Dark dark Room. It's over by my house, I think. The one you dine in the dark? Yeah. Oh, do tell. Yeah, uh, I know someone who's a concierge. They had a luncheon there, invited me along. I I couldn't go, uh, but I got the feedback on it. And it is a you are served a meal in pitch black dark. How do the waiters navigate? Do they have like. Yes. Yes, they do. How? They have what? 
They have they night have, vision. They have yes. night vision. They night, do. night vision. That's great. She said the one thing you could maybe see is the green glow <laughs> from the sides of their goggles. Going wow. Back. How many courses in this? Uh, it, it, it was quite a few. She she said they started with the amuse bouche. Mm. So it's like it's apparently it's it's a couple of rounds. She did say you're going for the experience of dining in the dark because the food was not the amuse bouche was it didn't amuse her bouche. <laughs> it was a sli- it was a sliver of apple on a cashew on half a strawberry. How do you put it? To- <laughs> That's a amuse bouche, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Which basically translates to like a small mouthful. So. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Mm. And that, yeah, it, well, you know, mouthful. They shouldn't use full at, at all. Must have been a big cashew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, but. Uh, Did she was, find most of the portions were vegetarian. Okay. Um, they do things like do you want spicy, savory, or sweet? You pick, and it's like a rice dish that has that kind of. Uh, flavor to it and she said the most interesting part was getting your fork to your mouth i don't trust my coordination enough for this it's hard enough with one eye yeah i know you you, you really you really want to andy would be like uh, steve martin in dirty rotten scoundrels you you can never do this andy no 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 because i would go there and i'd be king because I'm the one I'd man. <laughs> no, you would be no eyes after that because you'd somehow uh, do stop exactly myself what he says. I almost insist on doing it with no one else but Andy. Yeah, yeah. Just it's have like, him sitting across the room. again, Andy, you spilled your drink, didn't you? I don't know. <laughs> I can't see. I spilled somebody's drink. Yeah, poor, poor Andy. They have a transition room where you go from uh, the the main lobby, you prep for going inside, and then the dark room. And it'd be interesting to see Andy in the aftermath, in the transition room. I can see it now. Splinter Saul Waiter comes over. Spill your drink again. I'm gonna kill you. Kablam! <laughs> 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 oh, yourself oh, dining. That's, that's great. <laughs> did I miss how this is an almost story? You did. did you I didn't, didn't go. go. I, I you didn't go, but why did you not go? I was invited. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, no. Uh, you know, for someone who's not going to the Star Trek convention, the Star Trek convention <laughs> is always a busy week for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I had to do um, cleaning of my house to prepare for a surprise guest. Um, and uh, I had to do packing and preparation because I'm actually house-sitting for friends. Ah. So I just I could not dedicate the time. I got you now. So, plus I, w- I would have made the time. I, I plus <laughs> I, I wasn't you know told exactly when it was going to happen. Ah, there's ah. that. I was invited and then not told, and then it was like, oh, you know what? Tomorrow is blank. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like oh shit, we invited Kirsten. Uh, who's gonna Who's gonna tell them? Maybe it's something right. we should experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, we, how, we is, is it pricey? That. Do we know? Uh, it's a little pricey. It yeah. seems like it would be. Yeah, yeah. it'd have to be. So and and like she said, you're not going for the food, right? So you're going for the experience well, of hearing Andy knock shit over. <laughs> well, you know, we don't have to. <laughs> There's know, a Patreon reward. <laughs> we can <laughs> We can cover up all the windows. <laughs> I, do can, it I can. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I can make some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Instead of what is instead of what is you going in my mouth, muggles? it's what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel my way. <laughs> when I start, I'll just run into you if you're you know, there. I'll, I'll guess. Marco Polo. <laughs> Marco Polo. Here's your rice. But yeah, we can we can keep this cheap. And in this room. Yeah. Taco <laughs> Bell with Del Taco yes, sauce. Yes, you'd never know. You would never know what you had. Man, you'd have to wear shin guards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the table again. Andy oh. would. Andy would need body armor. In fact, <laughs> strap him to the chair and don't let him move. <laughs> We're just going to tie pillows on him. Oh, my God. Bondage-themed restaurant. Dark room, <laughs> and Andy can't feed himself. We have to, like, spoon it into his mouth. <laughs> this is not appealing. I need goggles. Get <laughs> <laughs> <Had> a funnel. <laughs> Andy's food bukkake. <laughs> oh, we would have to. We'd have to get a night vision camera for that, and then yeah. put it put it up on our YouTube page. <laughs> Andy, here comes the rice. Andy, Andy, close your eye. <laughs> flick, flick, flick. What else you do, guys? I went and saw Atomic Blonde today. How was that? It was really good. Damn. It was a lot of fun. It's hmm. uh, set in the 80s, set in uh, actually 1989, just before the fall of the Berlin Wall in Berlin. I knew it was based on a graphic novel, and I totally forgot it, so I had to look it up. Based on the graphic novel, The Coldest City from 2012, Oni hmm. Press. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Charlize Theron is... Uh, an MI6 agent that's tasked with getting this secret list in Berlin and bringing it back, and basically everything goes to hell. She kicks a lot of ass. It's got a great 80s music soundtrack. takes place in both East and West Berlin. It's just a lot of fun. A lot of of 80s theming. She watched a double feature with that Tom Hanks movie. What was that one? Oh, uh, Bridge of Spies? Bridge of Spies. I saw so that be- one. A, so beginning a of the Berlin ago, Wall yeah. and then end of the Berlin Wall. Right. Wow, that's a contrast in more <laughs> ways than one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm loving this 80s soundtrack nostalgia boom that all they're right. doing right now. It's just hilarious throwing all of that all of that. Sure, music. Well, we got we have Guardians, we have uh, Baby Driver, Tommy Blonde. And then uh, the other Maybe geeky. Ragnarok. I don't know. Well, Maybe. certainly in the advertisement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Little seventies, eighties, but sure. Seventies, but oh boy. The other geeky thing I did was I played uh, Batman Arkham VR. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your experience in Arkham VR. Um, It was fun. It was just really short. Really Um, short. I felt like it was about an hour, and I was right. That's a thirty dollar game. They said it's a it's a ninety minute storyline. From beginning to end. That's what every review I've looked at since I played it. I didn't read any of the reviews before, but uh, is, since. Is there any real replayability to this, then, with that short of a time? Um, not really. Huh. Now, when you do beat the storyline, and I say beat, you know, when you I should say when you complete the storyline, <laughs> okay. it unlocks this Riddler thing where you can go and find... Uh, trophies and then you like reassemble them or something like that okay which there's a couple elements in the game where you can virtually reassemble items now are they uh, pre-established locations or is it something somewhat open world it's not open world it's very um it's very scripted planned you basically um you enter in a story 
essentially it's more the detective aspect of Batman. So okay. you have your your forensic scanner, you have your batarangs. So there's there's limited interaction action, but you're you're basically there's a mystery that you're trying to solve. You go through step by step. You use your you know detective skills to figure out the storyline. Okay. I'm really glad I experimented with that system two weeks ago. <laughs> I am glad <laughs> to. Yeah. Because the next day I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, some people thought that that was what caused your eye problem. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll be here for <laughs> and, and And as I said earlier, it does explain why you almost ran that guy over now, mm-hmm. since you couldn't see out of that side of Absolutely. your eye. Absolutely. Yeah. I love how you tried to play it off, too. It was like, oh, the sun was in my eye. And okay. then I was like... Um, I think it was more than just the sun based right. on the fact that you went into emergency surgery the next day. Yep. <laughs> yep. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. Right. But yeah, uh, it, it was a fun, I guess, proof of concept kind of game. It's, it, it shows just what... Just showing what, off VR. Yeah. In a know, Batman style. Yeah. And, uh, you know, would I... Would I would, uh, what I, I what I would have liked to have had in there Hair was, you know, <laughs> in addition to the the detective stuff, have a little bit of the crime fighting. You know, you know how how would that work? You know, punching and you know kicking your way. through I want like a Call of Duty or Battlefield type esque game for the VR. Like where you're, that'd be cool. With, yeah. with a bodysuit that gives you little electric shocks wherever you're shot. Wow. <laughs> like I, I just want you to be able to like spray and pray around a corner, just putting your hands by just the gun out in front of you, just spraying around the corner, mm. stuff like that. That's what I want. Oh, you mean like Andy was doing? Or, or oh yeah, with his broken the, wrist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was. Do we ever? Did that ever? That ever happen to anybody else? Or was that no. just me? No, Andy. Of course no, it that didn't. doesn't happen. <laughs> of course it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Andy's the only one that because the. VR system reads where your arms are, but one of his hands somehow got twisted back, almost backwards in a painful mm. angle yeah. on the screen. In the yeah. VR representation, he's shooting at a 90-degree angle to where he's pointing. <laughs> right. <clears throat> and so it's Andy, hard to get things. Andy is, I, I missed it because I wasn't recording at that point, and I should have. He's he trying actually to had compensate. to turn to the right so he could shoot forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was yep. funny. I did play uh, Resident Evil 7 in VR. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's downright goddamn creepy. I bet. That, that's, uh, that's well done and not a short. That's the whole game in VR. Yeah. So they, you know, it's not like they scrimped on it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. I just I have to be in the right mindset to do that. <laughs> now, there is one interesting thing with that, and that is how you turn left and right. Um, I don't know if they did this because a smooth left and right might affect people poorly. But you, when you move the stick to turn to the right, it moves in 30-degree jumps. That's weird. Yeah, and you can set it to do 90-degree jumps, but you can't set it for just smooth. Huh. You can, like, turn around, so you probably press the button to make look behind you, and you do, like, a quick whip around, but it happens so fast that, I don't know, maybe people were having in test. Mm-hmm. And not working out, which makes me wonder how Skyrim's going to be when they release that in VR. But, but as far as a, an experience, yeah, Resident Evil 7 is a true horror experience. Mm-hmm. It's the game, except now you are in it instead of watching it well, on is the screen. That we, was that we played the horror show one we played? Or yeah, you that? played a demo the for, demo where you were tied to the, the, the chair. One where, the one where you can't no, do anything. No, that was the one where I was being tortured. 
I, I went through it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but now you're moving through that house, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's there was one specific moment in playing it that. That where you're sitting at a desk and I'm like I because I'm sitting down at the time maybe it helps I was like I feel like I'm really sitting at this desk right mm-hmm. now looking around and it feels a little too real well the Spider-Man one it was like when I looked down I was like oh crap no. <laughs> where all of a sudden you, you go up to the top of the crane and yeah and I'm, I'm staring down way too far so Jeff let me ask you about the Batman VR uh-huh. did it seem just like a longer version of the Spider-Man VR experience uh, yeah, in a sense. I mean, there's... The Spider-Man VR experience lasts 10 minutes. Yeah. Good 10 minutes. It's a good 10 minutes. I'm trying to think how to tell you without spoiling it, so in case anybody actually does want to go play through the storyline. I'll probably uh, play it tomorrow. You start off in the Batcave, you know, you get a little mission briefing from Alfred, you go, and then the next thing you wind up in, you use the forensic scanner and try to figure out what happened to this person that's lying there on the ground and then you go to like the morgue and you do some more detective work and okay. then you you don't beat up some random dude it's 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 formed in three acts so that's like act one act two and then the third act you're in the hookers finale, and which pimps. i can't really say much more because it does totally give away the game but, it's basically uh, a gta reskin they, just, <laughs> they don't say it but yeah that'd be nice well we need to start getting into news to knock some of this stuff out but any, Knock it out. But anything else real quick before? I, I went to see Captain Underpants. The movie. Yes. Captain Unger- in 3D? <laughs> no, nothing in 3D for a while. Tell me about Captain Underpants. It's just like the books. It was very fun. It was. It's dumb as hell. I mean, it's it's written. I haven't read the books, so. Well, they're, they're, they're kind of cool books. I mean, the ones I read to my kids. Okay. They're all over the place. They're partially prose. Some, of them are, some pages are comics. Oh. Uh, there's some that are just like the action scenes. They'll kind just the, like a flip thing where you flip back and forth between two pages. Oh, and they actually do that in it. And they, 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 there's a sequence like we were, we couldn't we couldn't afford. And there's a lot of fourth wall breaking. So I like at this point like we were gonna we were gonna you know do this big fight, but we we couldn't afford it. So we're gonna flip them around. And they went to the flip erratic thing on oh. the screen. That's and cute. Then, you know, I was gonna I was about mm-hmm. to ask you if they basically made that meta reference to how they're yeah and then, and then and then. They got to a point where it's like they're, they're hanging on the edge of something, and suddenly they actually were back hanging on the edge. And one guy turns to the other, and goes, "What happened?" And I ran out of paper. <clears throat> That's cute. Yeah, but it's uh, um, it's got a closing theme song by Weird Al, or sung by Weird Al. Fun. That's just great, and it's just dumb, stupid potty. I mean, the the villain is Professor Poopy Pants. Professor Pee Pee Poopy Pants. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, it's it's dumb. It's either that or Rick and Morty. So it's very right. close. So right, but it's it's like, a love a dub dub. <laughs> yeah. Which, a, lot of, a lot of fourth wall breaking, a lot of just, and it, I mean, honestly, if you've read the, if you, for some reason, like me, have read the children's books, like my kids, it was right in the Regal House, too. Huh. So it was great. Nice. Yeah. And speaking of Rick and Morty, it premiered on Sunday and uh, got, to, got to watch that. Yep. Yeah, I like it. It's continuing I was right on. watching Game of Thrones. So. I also watch a lot of weird crap on Netflix because oh. eventually I discovered I could lay on my belly and watch Netflix on my iPad. Yes, I imagine you spent some Netflix time. But I didn't want to watch anything. I really was afraid I was going to fall asleep or I'd lose track. You know. So I was watching <laughs> I was watching weird shit. It's like, oh, let's see what this is. It's like, like I watched like alien a, experiment stuff. No, it was like um, I watched a Bollywood ripoff remake of uh, The Italian Job. I like oh. the Bollywood films that are on Netflix. Yeah. 
I really enjoy those movies. And then the well, didn't one they just in, sign some guy that's a Bollywood actor to a contract on Netflix for U.S. stuff? I don't follow that stuff closely enough oh. to know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, it just it popped up in like my you know like my Google News feed. It was just like random stuff that pops in there sometimes to just gauge my interest. And one of them is because I've done some Netflix searches and it says like so and so Bollywood star signed to a contract. And I was like, oh okay. I didn't really read the whole thing, so. And I watched a movie called The Last Heist, which is not astounding. I mean, there's a reason it's not, didn't, didn't, nobody heard about it, but. So it's probably it, but, not the last one. But, oh uh, no, it's definitely the last one. Oh. Um, <clears throat> Spoilers. But uh, <laughs> people are dropping left and right pretty early on. Um, I gathered. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it definitely is a movie that surprised me. It's definitely a movie like, oh, that's where that's going. Oh, crap. Okay. And it's uh, Henry Rollins. As a serial killer who gets caught in a bank robbery. Okay. At a bank that is closing up. The bank is like mostly closed. And he's going to... He's a, Another he, Andy almost story. Yeah, yeah. He's a serial, he's a serial killer who uh, collects eyeballs. And he's been keeping his eyeballs in a safe deposit box. Wait, this, this story... The, Andy, I know, I know, doesn't... I know. Isn't that great for the... Yeah. Oh, I, I was feeling it. Now we know why he I was definitely feeling it. it. No, it's, it was a heist movie. I like heist movies. Well, I, it's it's you all over the place. Yeah. Like, good God. Yes, I've, I've had Henry Rollins' silken-covered crotch inches from my face. You yes. know, I just, I just <laughs> want to see the credits where they, they end with, For Andy. For Andy. <laughs> yep. Well, before we continue on, the Geek Shock Book Club book this August is a graphic novel month. The decision has been Marvel 1602 by Neil Gaiman. Oh. So we'll be starting discussion on that on August 8th. So join us. I recently subscribed uh, to Comixology, their unlimited subscription. How is that working? uh, It's six bucks a month, and you get a whole bunch of... They just did a contract with Marvel, so there's a whole bunch of Marvel on there now. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's independent stuff, Dark Horse, Oni. Mm. If it's an independent publisher, they've got a bunch of stuff on there. It's it's a lot better than when they started because, boy, when they started, it was real real sparse. Okay. Oh, but now it's decent. We had a, a, the meeting for the Vegas Valley Comic Book Festival. We're doing the organizing of that still. Okay. And uh, one of the uh, panels we're going to have is called... Uh, um, Geek shock. What how di- what how di- to listen to? How diversity is ruining comics? <laughs> what? Yeah, Get it's the we're, we're trolling the trolls. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> oh God, that could be a real interesting room. That's what we're thinking. It's like oh, oh, we're kind of hoping some trolls show up. Like, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> and and Andy, since you're always in the organizing, why are we never invited to be expert panelists on these things? I don't think they believe me that uh, we're good. <laughs> Wow, I have a hard time. You promoting. asked a man. I have a hard time promoting my own stuff. Uh-huh. People, I mean, I've, I've been trying to get people. I've tried to get people to go see things, and then finally go, and they go, oh, "That was so cool." I'm like, I've been saying that for like eight years. You know, well, you don't have to promote yourself. You just promote the rest oh, you of you guys. Us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I actually will. I actually will mention it because we're organizing for the next year too. So I'll mention mm. it for next year that gotcha. we really should be on there now. Because I mean, we're professionals. We are. We are. We have been doing it for, an for age. yourself, and we've done and we've done other library events. So <laughs> ten that, years in October, like yeah. end of October. Well, we need we need a, we need another comic. Oh, we need another con since Minicon's wrecked from K. Right. And they're not going to contact That's us back. True. I mean, I can f bomb at the, the uh, <laughs> Las Vegas uh, festival. Yeah, that's that's open wide. Oh, fucking a. No. 
<laughs> uh, before we start hitting news, there's one piece of news I don't want to miss at all, and that is uh, June Foray. Oh, uh, yeah. Voice acting legend who performed for eight decades, passed away at the age of 99. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, uh, like, like two months short of her birthday, too. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Foray's work, virtually impossible to have missed if you've seen any animation in the last century. Uh, she gained fame as Rocky the Squirrel, Natasha Fatala, in uh, Rocky and His Friends cartoon series from 59 to 61, in Looney Tunes. Yeah, she was Granny. Uh, yeah. Yep. Granny in the Tweety Shorts. owner. Uh, uh, witch Hazel as well, amongst many others. Oh, Witch Hazel. Yep. Uh, she was the voice of Aunt May on Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends in the 80s. Jokey Smurf. Uh, she was Jokey? Yeah. Yep. I didn't realize Magica that. Magica Dispel, Mrs. Featherby, and Ma Beagle in DuckTales. Mm-hmm. In Tiny Toons, she was in Gummy Bears, Garfield and Friends, Dennis the Menace, uh, all the way up into Mulan. Uh, oh, no, fa- beyond that. Beyond family that. Guy. Uh, and the rebooted Looney Tunes show. Yeah. She, I, I believe she was working within weeks of her death. I wouldn't be surprised. She probably was. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, shoot, a lot of people do that. Mark Evanier yeah. said he tried on his on his on his post about it because he's you know does voice uh, directing too. He said they tried to put together a list of everything she'd been in and thought they had it and then realized that they were they had just barely scratched yeah. the surface. And she also made uh, sure voice actors got rights and credit, even helped create the Annie Awards mm-hmm. uh, and having their version of the Lifetime Achievement Award named after her. That's so, perfect. Yay. Yeah. So June Foray will be missed. Yeah. But now we bring. On the Pop-O-Matic Doom. If you Ooh. didn't join us last week, this is Doom. how it works. All right, this is where the, the Pop-O-Matic. Whole, he's gonna do it, and the whole table's gonna flip. Right, he's gonna fucking <laughs> well, spill over the place. Start with him, and right. then we have nowhere to go I but never up. go back. <laughs> so if, if there's a six-sided <laughs> die in there, if it goes one to two, it's gonna be news you don't give a shit about. Three to four, we can geek. Five or six. Red light, green light. And there was a lot of that added this week. Nice. So, All right, here we go. I like that you got the mic close. Five. Single. Red light, green light off the bat. Red light, green light off the bat. Nice. Of course, I have 16 pages of notes, so shuffling through this is going to be a joke. Yeah, yeah, we'll just keep talking. All right, Talk dead amongst air, yourselves. dead air, dead air. It's not dead, dead air. air, we're talking. Dead air, dead air. That's right. your job. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's doing it. <laughs> All right. Red light, green light, gentlemen. Red light, green light. Amazon has announced it is working on... You know what? That's not the first one I want to start with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't go back on that. Oh, I can. What? Because trust me, we'll hit red light, green light again. Or maybe not. Maybe the odds will not be in that favor. It may not. Mm. It could happen. So this is the first time I think I've put red light, green light to a rumor. This is not confirmed that this show exists. Uh Oh. Oh. Mm, Uh, But I still want to get your opinion to see if this is a show you'd be interested in. So unlike all the other ones, we actually might have power to stop. Probably not. (laughs) More than you would otherwise, sure. I can see that Uh, that medium room. All right. So we have any... uh, Well, there's this podcast (laughs) out of Vegas. Don't make it. Cancel everything. They do, have, they have do they this. Been, the they Vegas do this Valley bit. Comic Book Festival. No, <laughs> fuck them. They went to this mini con. This one guy said the f bomb. Okay, fuck it. Green light it. Let's go. Yeah, they do this bit like once a month or so, and they kind of do what we do in our. What meetings. they do? Sue their ass. All right, <laughs> cease and desist. I want their fucking names now. <laughs> Red light, green light. Back in June. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, writer-director Nicholas Meyer revealed he was working on a new Trek mystery project not related to CBS's all-access Star Trek Discovery, 
where he is a writer and executive producer. According to Geek Exchange, sources have told them that Meyer is working on a Wrath of Khan prequel miniseries or limited series that will center on Khan Noonien Singh, one of the genetic engineered human augments who led the eugenic wars back in 20th century Earth. The iconic role was played by the late Ricardo Montalban in, in um, uh, Meyer's movie, while Benedict Cumberbatch reprised the role in J.J. Abrams' uh, Kelvin timeline for the Star Trek Into Darkness. The TV series will reportedly follow Kirk's greatest enemy as Khan and his followers struggle to survive on SETI Alpha 5 after the crew of the Enterprise leaves oh. them on the planet at the end of the original series episode Space Seed, right until they are found by the crew of the USS Reliant in 1982's The Wrath of Khan. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I may have space. What form is this? Is it a movie or a TV series? Oh, you haven't got to it. Okay. The original producer of Discovery, Brian Fuller, first pitched the Star Trek series Discovery as an anthology akin to American Horror Story. So this might be more along those God lines. Damn. Yeah, pretty much like that? everything Fuller developed prior to production of the series got thrown out by the studios. Yes. So. And everything <laughs> Red Light, Green Light is television. I don't do any movies in Red Light, Green Light. Okay. Yeah, so, so this is going to be either a miniseries or a limited series. Well, so. Meyer is is a producer on the current Discovery, so if it's a success, he'll probably have... A, I mean, that's a, that's a weird thing with, with Trek alumni like that. It's like he's had two good successes... With Star Trek Two, Star Trek Six, as well as uh, I believe writing credit on four, if I'm not mistaken, he's proven himself. But it's like you still have to prove yourself again. It, it seems like with with CBS and Star Trek, I don't know why they're so protective of it. Because I mean, the reality is, at the end of the day, you put something up on <laughs> a big screen or a small screen, most Trek fans are going to watch it. Yeah, they'll bitch about it either leading up to or right after, but they're still going to watch it. They're still going to spend their money on it. So I don't know why you would not let somebody who has a proven track record of producing good Trek not just have a blank canvas to work with. Nick Meyer is a, an interesting guy. I I think he could. I think he could pull it off, to be honest. Is it something I really am, like, wanting to see? Not really. Is I think it I think Rogue One ish. We're just I, filling in. Well, gaps I mean, it's it's they, they've covered into some novels. <laughs> they've, they've covered the the post Enterprise leaving them on SETI Alpha Five in several of the novels. Sure. So, and I mean, they talked. I mean, they gave you all the backstory you really needed to know in Star Trek Two by saying, you know, it, his his exposition, his sixty second exposition in front of, you know, Captain Terrell and Chekhov. So. Uh, let me ask you this: How much, how trekky, would you expect a marooned on a desert planet? Well, I mean, they could pretty much do whatever they wanted. How much right. you want to bet? Wouldn't have a gonna, lot of constraints. There's going to be a shitload if they get. It's almost. It, it wasn't. Ah, it, it wasn't. I know a, Star Trek Gilligan's Island. <laughs> no and They'll always. There's every week an Andorian lands or a Klingon Tell lands, me. but Tell they me. always leave. How, how can we make this fun? Corinthian, Corinthian leather, other coconuts. And and something happened. Like a planet went out of. Orbit or something. Uh, it didn't. It was didn't start City as a Alpha Six exploded six it. months after we were left here. See, yeah, first of all, I want to see it. It sounds interesting to me, but 
just because I wanted to say that story, but on an ulterior, ulterior motive, is I want to see Marlena, the Benedict Arnold, whatever her name is, get killed, which happens after. MacGyver's? Yeah, that chick. <laughs> wow. Andy holds a grudge. I do. She's the worst. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you mean her, her flipping allegiances like in, in, in the same one-hour episode, <laughs> which probably took space in no more than the span of a couple of days? Yeah. <laughs> She's terrible. That was a terrible class to start with. <laughs> Although, interestingly enough, I did read in a book in one of the Star Trek novels a pseudo explanation for why she like fell so head over heels with him. Is that was it a tumor? Well, part of it. No, it was like uh, supposedly Khan's genetic engineering produced these super strong pheromones, a oh, kind of akin to like a Belton that that essentially, you know. Makes them a slave to whatever you well, know suggestion. That's why, uh, that's why Kirk was giving them the eyes. So right. sure, it makes sense to Could me. Be. Kirk's got that own pheromone himself. Mm. <laughs> just it, it isn't even genetically. They enhanced. they bottled that shit. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and, put it, yeah. and put it in X body spray. Is that? <laughs> no, I'm actually Tiberius. Tiberius. Yeah. They you did. never I, heard. You never yeah. heard that. The cl- I had. I yeah. had some. I remember the cologne. Yeah. yeah. Of course that's, you did, Jeff. Well, of course I, you did. I, I, I befriended the guy that was producing it before he actually put it out. You befriended and then Kirk. I, no, the 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 guy that the guy that owned the cologne line, because uh, and I ran into him at uh, I ran into him at Comic Con several years ago, and he's like, "Hey, come by the booth. I've got I've got like a little gift pack for you. You can just take some of the stuff." So I went back and I got Con. The the Con was the their uh, kind of spiced so like, scented uh, cologne. You should try this. And then he gave me t- Tiberius as well. And uh, there was another one that and was in there. His roommate from then on. But yeah, <laughs> they gave me like wasn't three. It far or something. I don't. I just uh. remember there were three of them. I still don't even know what I did with them. Like one of them, like half leaked out in in the bag on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Thank God it didn't permeate like, oh like it didn't God. sink into the carpet of my uh, of my truck. Or <laughs> God, I'm so conflicted about this. I want to red light it, but at the same time, it's Nick oh. Meyer, and I want a green light. Here, it. I'll help you. Green light. Same, Nicholas Meyer. Same green. I'm not driven to see this story at all, but it's Nicholas Meyer. He did Rathacon, so maybe he's got something cool buzzing around in his head. You kind of figure, you kind of hope that the exploding planet is part of the story arc that they do. So that ought to be a nice little special effects spectacular that that could that you know has potential to see on the TV. So yeah, let's do it. It was Uh, it was bonfire. It'll just look like Praxis from Star Trek VI. They'll probably just recycle the footage. <laughs> wow, Jeff. They'll just get the Death Star explosion. Poor Jeff. He's really just burnt right out. Uh, fine. I don't I'll remember that one. It. There uh, you green, go. Green light it. And Matt Because I'm well. not going to watch Discovery because I refuse to pay for CBS all-access bullshit. So, yeah. Currently, there are four Star Trek clones available. Let yeah, me this guess. is Let a different. Guess. This is a new company oh, that they licensed. Pawn Far, yes. Red Shirt, that's yeah. one nobody's gonna want. Um, Tiberius and Sulu. Uh-huh. Oh my! Oh my! Proper. All right, give me a pop. What pop. is the next, next what is the category? category. Dead air, dead air, dead air, dead All right, dead here we go. It's five again. Okay, now Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> oh, and then I turn right to the Trek one. That's great. 
Amazon. Red light, green light, gentlemen. Amazon has announced it is working on Black America. A one-hour drama from movie producer Will Packer, who did uh, Ride Along and Straight Outta Compton, and Peabody Award winner Aaron Magruder, uh, creator of The Boondocks and Black Jesus. Uh, it's been in the works for over a year now. Amazon's take is similar to that of HBO's Confederate, in that it explores a world where southern states have left the Union, but their approach will be vastly different. Here's a description of Black America. It envisions an alternate history where newly freed African-Americans have secured the southern states of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama post-Reconstruction as reparations for slavery, and with that land, the freedom to shape their own destiny. The sovereign nation they formed, New Colonia, has had a tumultuous and sometimes violent relationship with its looming big neighbor, both ally and foe, the United States. The last 150 years have been witness to military incursions, assassinations, regime change, coup, etc. Today, after two decades of peace with the U.S. and unprecedented growth, the ascendant new colonia joins the ranks of the major industrialized nations on the world stage as America slides into rapid decline. Inexorably tied together, the fate of the two nations, indivisible, hangs in the balance, unquote. It was HBO's announcement that prompted Amazon Studios to reveal that they had been working on something similar-ish uh, with uh, producer Packer saying, it felt this was the appropriate time to make sure that the audience and creative community knew that there was a project that pre-existed and we we're pretty far down the road with it. Uh, Packer says it will speak to where we are now and the mistakes this country has made and things we should do going forward. I'm much more interested in that show than the Confederate one. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds interesting. Although those three states, man, end that sentence there. Those no, three it's, states, it's man. just the resource. The resources are weird there. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can grow cotton, mm-hmm. but there's like whoa now. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to think what you could do with that land. I mean, there's 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 no oil. There's no mining. Um, offshore. Offshore, that's a good point. They do have the offshore stuff. They have sea rights. They'll have yeah. offshore oil. That could be that could be like a plot point. I, I turned this I turned this from a, uh, a TV show to a risk game. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> supremacy. <laughs> Buy up all the oil, depress the market. Um, <laughs> it it yeah yeah that sounds cool. I it's funny. I actually was toying with a, a concept like that myself. Except it was Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, I believe, uh, and it was just those three states turned over to freed blacks and just analyzing <clears throat> that mm-hmm. but since i'm a white guy i was like ah, yep what what the hell story am i gonna tell i bet they're i bet they're using a lot of stuff from liberia i bet they based a lot of what happened when, on that and that that'll be touchy because liberia has a very messy right messy history right <clears throat> i mean you want to talk about coups and stuff like that marcus garvey is that the right name or i think it's somebody else who's, who's the guy that that did that that, oh, that, that started in Liberia. You uh, you mean on the the African American end of it, the black end of yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was it was an it was an American who went back there to try and take over to claim it. Well, yeah, they they settled colonists. J- James Monroe. They they had federal funding and everything. Right, but there was there was a black figurehead. Oh was, yeah, yeah, no. I think <clears throat> I forget Garvey. the leadership. Yeah, I do like that idea of them breaking away and doing their own. Yeah, green light. Yeah, green light as well. Power to the people. 
Jeff? Uh, sure, green light. <laughs> wow, you white supremacist. Man, he's a yeah, I just... Take your bed sheets off. What the <laughs> Dude, it was a grudging green light. It's not like he's told us to go fuck ourselves. He's like, yeah, whatever. There, there wasn't I guess even... they can have their own show. I mean... Fuck these guys. Like, <laughs> that's what I got from that. I... <laughs> Maybe. I... I don't even know how to explain it. Just the the whole. I mean, I know Kirsten says he likes the whole revisionist history storyline kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm just not really into those types of stories. Man in the High Castle, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I just I, I still haven't universe seen that. Star Trek. Ah, it's just you yeah. know. Well, that'll put off anybody yeah. really. So yeah, I mean, you know, sauce package. Green light. Why not? Green light. Why not? Don't step on the sauce package. Yeah. Right. I'm Marcus Garvey was uh, Jamaica. Oh, Jamaica. All right. Well, at least he didn't say Fred Garvin, male prostitute. Fred Garvin. Excuse me while I take off the elaborate system of process. Fred Garvin? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Andy, good. You and I pretty much alienated our black listener. (laughs) He's never coming back. I'm mistaking Liberian nationalism or Jamaican nationalism. Yeah, that's a fierce, fierce uh, divisive thing. Wow. I think it's time to pop that somebody, bubble. Somebody needs to unpack his white privilege. <laughs> you need to check your privilege, bro. I spent a, a year as a black man down south. Thank you very much. Two. Two news you don't give a shit about. Faster, Todd. Faster. <laughs> it would be you that would pop a two. God damn it. Yeah, Kirsten. We're tired of you popping twos. Yeah. All the time on this oh, show. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, Twice is better. And this one hurts me, this especially, hurts especially for all the things that I've uh, I've been going through in the last six months. Oh, it's about hernias. <laughs> the K hole? No, the variety. Oh! variety reports. At least the, he didn't call it an ulcer. <laughs> <laughs> reports the MRC and Sony co-production of the Dark Tower didn't have a very easy trip to the big screen. Behind the scenes, producers apparently realized the project could be in trouble. When director Nicolaj Arcel delivered an early cut that, quote, alarmed producers. Oh, wow. <laughs> early test screenings confirmed those fears, with audiences apparently reporting the project was, quote, a mess. Uh, viewers had trouble following the story and mythology. Producer Tom Rothman tried to spin the audience's confusion in a positive way, saying, quote, It's a fantasy film, and so, yes, it's complicated. It's intricate <laughs> and ambitious. There and that's go. a good thing, because with the complexity of the stuff on television now, theater audiences want ambition. <laughs> nice. From there, the retooling began. Around $6 million in reshoots were commissioned, which isn't expensive, especially considering the film did have a relatively small $66 million budget to start. Uh, which added and cut some scenes to try to provide some context and backstory as to why Elba's gunslinger, Hayes McConaughey's Man in Black. Uh, Co-writer and producer Akiva Goldsman also reportedly stepped in during post-production, and producer Ron Howard gave extensive notes. Uh, Thanks to the co-production agreement between the two studios, the marketing and production process was also a challenge. Uh, The company MRC had kill rights, on everything from final cut to marketing, meaning both studios had to agree on everything down to the cuts of trailers before it could move forward. And that led to a case of too many cooks in the kitchen. Oh no, according, now that song's going to be stuck in my head all night. According Thank you. to one insider, the. I don't know the song, I'm so happy. 
Too many cooks? Don't tell me. Too many cooks. Oh, too, God, many cooks too many cooks. Oh, too many oh, no, cooks. Yeah, I remember too now. many yes. cooks. Yes, I do. <laughs> too <laughs> many cooks. I do now. Oh, yeah. right. Damn you. <laughs> I don't know it, so I don't have an earworm. <laughs> <laughs> we can fix that. No, no, I remember it now. It's 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 that whole long introduction thing that never ends. Too many cooks is still one of the best small productions ever made. Yep. Ever. Uh, the word broke that the film is a breezy hour and a half long. And lastly, the studio, this is, this is the uh, scariest part. The studio has not allowed any press screenings for critics. Oh, my. Never a good sign. Nope. So, and the movie comes out this Friday. What? Whoa. Oh, boy. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> pointing at you. Yeah, I know you're pointing at me. <laughs> Well, that reminds me when I when I saw Atomic Blonde, uh, Ready Player One uh, trailer led into that, and God damn, that that's a fun trailer. Good. I had three words: DeLorean time machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over that bitch. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm on the final book for the Dark Tower. I'm uh, third of the way through it. It's it's a massive book, 860 pages. Probably won't have it done by Friday. Hopefully, I'll have it done by this time Tuesday. Mm. And I'm hoping to see the movie around that same time. All right. Power yeah. to you for not just giving up on the book series and be like, oh, it's not worth it, blah, blah, blah. This See far along. Well, yeah. the journey has been worth it. Also, the It's books. a great yeah. book. Series. Book's usually better, yeah. yeah. And I, I, what saddens me is I like the idea of them span, expanding into the television show, doing because mm-hmm. there's a lot of great stories of young Roland and growing up in Gilead. And that's what the TV shows would have concentrated on. Now, Wizard and Glass concentrates on that. Uh, there's scenes in The Gunslinger. Basically, the stuff they translated into the comic book series, mm. uh, which, by the way, is currently on sale digitally on uh, Comixology. So if you ever wanted to read the Dark Tower uh, comic series, each trade is, I think, two ninety nine right now. Hmm. I might have to do that because so. I... I you don't have to, sir, because I already bought the first ten, oh, okay. and you have access to buy goodies. So oh, okay. Have Hell, Arden! Whoa! Whoa. 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 Is that like a little? What's that got to do with comics? Did you miss the part where he bought the pheromones? Wow. Man. Okay. <laughs> Roommates with benefits. <laughs> Gunter by Calvin Klein. <laughs> <laughs> but but the movie is is a is separate ample. story, right? It's not. <laughs> It's not already an it's not an adept, uh, adaptation. God damn it, Andy. An adaptation of the movie. <laughs> I love that he blamed you. This didn't happen when you weren't here. Actually, yeah, so it it's did. not an ad- it totally did. It's not an adaptation of any of the existing storylines, right? It's its own yes. separate story. This takes place after right. the novels. Okay. So, yes, it's a sequel to the novels of sorts. Which so, is why it's bizarre that it, it would have so much turmoil Which in bec- its development. Because I started the series when I did, did this movie is for everyone but me currently. If okay. you've read the books, it's supposed to be good. If you're, it, It's perfect for you. If you haven't read the books, it's perfect for you. If you're in the middle of the books, probably not perfect for you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm really concerned about this film right now. Yeah. I, I know it hasn't been uh, trending well in general. Uh, the react. I mean, people have been reacting. That's hey, that's a cool trailer, but it's a mystery to a lot of people as to what that movie even is. Now, mm. the the graphic novel sets are the, is it the entire storyline? No, leading up to, oh, it's, in it's, fact, it's its own thing. As the, well? the graphic novel. Uh, there's a few times in the books where it flashes back. Okay. Uh, to Roland growing up, learning to become a gunslinger. 
and Wizard and Glass and parts of the very first book, The Gunslinger. Mm-hmm. They've taken those parts to tell the story of Roland growing up to be a gunslinger. So they're from the books, but they're from different parts of the books. So there is no graphic novel adaptation of the the first few books then? Not the first. Well, that's still continuing on. They have, okay. My understanding, they have done The Gunslinger itself. Okay. Uh, and now they're working on The Drawing of Three. Okay. And I, th- I think those are on sale too. And I think there's like five or six of those volumes of those. So he uses those naval pistols, right? The old, it's a West. It, when it comes down to it, this book is a weird Western. Right. But I mean, the, the, the pistols I seem to recall from the artwork are those weird naval pistols with that crossbar across the body. You know what we're talking about, Kay? Mm-hmm. Wait, can you explain it better than I'm doing? Well, you, I think you mean the naval cult. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, where it's just some nice long. It's long, and there's like a there's like an angle going from the front of the barrel to the to the trigger guard. Kind of sort of. Yeah. I, I don't think I've paid that much attention to it. To it's really it. funny because when it's a, I read the book, I pictured your standard peacemaker. I never saw anything visually. Sure. I never visualized anything different. But uh, but I know what Andy's talking about. It may be for the comics they have. I haven't read them yeah. in a while. I don't know. I think it definitely looks something like that in the trailer. I saw a ah. bit of Idris Elba shooting, and mm. it is not your standard yes. uh, uh, Hollywood peacemaker. I'm not a gun nut, but that's just a gun I like the look of. Okay. Wow. Well, that says Take a lot. Take note of that, America. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. So hopefully by this time next week, I'll have <laughs> seen and read The Gunslinger. Mm-hmm. All right. And need, let's like, get surround sound here. Hold on. Let's get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yours. Hello. And back. <laughs> wow. That is it loud is. on the headphones. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Here we go. It is red light, green light. He rolled a six. Dang. We are red light and green light. The heck out of this one. So I'm glad because we have a lot of these. So Making I'll, I'll, I'll Hollywood great again. Uh, like we had last week, uh, we had, I think it was Universal. Yes, or the good people. I can't remember. The one where he had a whole bunch yeah. in a row. Oh, so oh yeah, yeah that was uh, Universal yes. Cable Productions. Universal Cable Productions. This yeah. week, AMC announced a whole bunch of TV series on their development slate. Because, of course, they would. Now, uh, these... Walking Dead North, Walking Dead West, <laughs> Walking Dead East. Walking Dead Canada. Fear the Walking Dead Mexico. Walking Dead um, Alcapulco. <laughs> Get some head. Cartels. Oh, my God, the Walking Dead. Um, Walking Dead Pahrump. <laughs> you mean just, how would they know you, wait wait you, i was gonna say you just mean perump right not walking dead perump just perump. oh we kid you perump because you're What's awful spanish for walking damn it now the descriptions on these shows are sparse so you're going to be basically making your decisions based on log lines no oh boy so if the log lines are enough to get you excited all right. And uh, give it a green. But if it does nothing for you, show me the red, guys. Here we are. The first one is an unnamed title. Red. Um, green. But uh, <laughs> Rain Wilson of The Office, Cooties, will star as an un- in an untitled project as a poly-addicted man living in the San Fernando Valley whose body is taken over by an alien entity. Poly-addicted? Yes, he's addicted to many things. Many things. Oh, okay. Uh Wilson will also produce the series. That's all you get. Red light, green light. That's by an alien. That's uh, too sparse to give yeah. anything but a red light. Red, red. yeah. Because, yeah, right. there's... Like I said, these are log lines. This is what yeah. you're Lightning I, I will green it for Rain Wilson. So let's see what he can do with it. All right. But everyone else had red, huh? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> All right. How about this one? Greg Nicotero, best known for Green. his work on The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> He's the effects guy <laughs> and have directed a few episodes. Is executive producing a horror sci-fi anthology series called Shock Theater. Each episode will be its own standalone story, but pay tribute to old B-movies. Ooh. Ooh, green light. Yeah, green light. Get these green motherfucking light. zombies off this goddamn plane. No. <laughs> uh, green light. Motherfucking goddamn plane. What? No, what is and, it, mother? What is that, the Canadian delivery? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody keeps talking about Walking Dead. Did we ever re-read uh, that? Did we ever reference the... Uh, the attraction that's coming here. We, to we Vegas? talked about it on the show for a very short time, but uh, once it's open, I think we'll we have when we have more to talk about. But yes, there is a Fear the Walking Dead attraction going to the Neonopolis area of downtown Las ah, Vegas. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, that, that Walking Dead in Spanish slated to open later this year is all it says. Yeah, Muerto so, Viviente. But it has an address, an actual physical address. Viviente. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, Neonopolis pretty much has that abandoned mall thing yeah. down, <laughs> right? I, I think I've said it before. I, I, I got off the elevator, and and uh, it was at one of their transitional times, and they had a whole bunch of kiosks, you know, little carts and stuff that they'd sort of parked there near the front of the elevator and you got off. And I thought I'd got off in the basement at first. <laughs> I was like, they got to the wrong place? Oh, no, I'm in the right spot. It's just like they're using the the main floor for storage. This looks like my old office, Andy said. And I turned to somebody, whoever I was with, I said, this isn't a mall. This is where Batman's parents go to die. (laughs) 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 All right, Andy, next time you're there, I want you to have some uh, roses on the ground and you just be sitting there, you know, looking sad. On my knees, yeah. (laughs) I love the, uh, the, it came up again in my feed. It must have been, I think it was from last year. Somebody went to some convention Dressed as Martha and Thomas Wayne. Yes, and you kept, showed that. Yeah, and kept running up to various Batman cosplay guys and falling down in front of them. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that good. Was no. That was genius. No! <laughs> oh, my God, that's so good. <laughs> now, oh, the only thing they would need was a Superman cosplayer running up and go, You have to save Martha. <laughs> Why'd you say that name? Why did you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a normal woman with a sign, Martha. Mm-hmm. That would work very well for <laughs> this. Yep. The next one from AMC, Underbelly. <laughs> Wait, T-shirt. We are all Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Underbelly, a horror anthology produced by Daniel C. Connolly, who did Into the Badlands, explores the darker side of pop culture with stories related to the fan experience, celebrity, greed, alienation, obsession, and vanity. And so that's underbelly. Oh, nope. Uh, oh, um, Green, uh, red light. Red. Yeah. Red. All yeah. Right. yeah. I don't need to see anything negative about it. There's enough negative stuff we're still getting rid of. Aww. Right. Say, it seems to me like a... Look at the freaks. I'm saying more like Black Mirror. All right, how about this one? Jason Blum. Uh, Blum, sorry. B-L-U-M. Uh, Jason Bloom. <laughs> Jason Blumkin. Uh, from Bloomhouse. Uh, I was wondering if you were going to go there. <laughs> One of Andy's favorite words, folks. <laughs> Hashtag Blumkin. <laughs> David S. Blumkin. <laughs> Jason Bloom. Oh God. Is working on a nonfiction horror anthology called Wicked West that, quote, brings to life chilling tales from the days of the Wild West, including sadistic serial killers, murderous black widows, bloodthirsty family clans, and local legends laced with the supernatural, unquote. 
Wicked gonna, West. I'm going to give that a green light. Oh, yeah. Green, yeah. I like yeah. Weird I, West. I, I love the Weird West, and nobody's done a decent Weird West no. show. No, I think it's a it's a it's a subgenre yeah, right did. for the plucking. What? It's called Briscoe County Junior. Oh, and it got canceled after what like dynamite full drop. Season. You know, <laughs> it, well, that wasn't weird West, though. That was like, like that was like early steampunk almost. It, I no, because it, it was had, a little bit of it had that weird, wild like something from the future and or alien vibe that they never right. got to address. <laughs> yeah, with those those orbs. That yeah, were, the orbs. Yeah, I would still anyway. Uh, that cut yeah, deep, didn't it? That sounds steampunk. Sounds you interesting. Wanna, you want to see what happens to that storyline? That cut deep to you. Well, I, okay. <laughs> One of my biggest pet peeves is when I get into a TV series and they end it on a cliffhanger, and then it's canceled. And it's basically yeah. like That's a big finger to you. Drives me absolutely crazy because you you it's uh, you're so invested in it and you're like, this is really good. I right? really like mm. this. And then it gets canceled for some stupid arbitrary reason. Yeah. That you may or may not right. ever find out. Yeah, there was a misfits of science. Like, am I right? Uh, yeah. Who, who would have thought if we uh, if we ran the shows in different order that no one would understand what's happening? Cancel right, it. right. Cancel it. At least I got the movie for that. But. Well, I was gonna say Alienation is one of the few where they actually the storyline was written and then they addressed it in a follow up TV movie. Right. But but they never I remember, did that with I, Auto Man. I remember at the time just being furious. The, the, you uh, know when they canceled a, Alienation, and I was just like, I want to know what the fuck happened to the Franciscos. The there's a uh, Finder, I think it was called Finder. I know that mm-hmm. the book was called The Finder. It was a Finder of Lost Loves. No, it was a spinoff of Bones. It was a detective in oh. Florida, and it lasted a season, and it had um, oh crap, what's his name? Uh, the guy from the Green Mile. Um, Michael Tom Clark Hanks. Duncan? Yes, Michael Clark Duncan was was oh. in it, and he was great. So um, did he suddenly die? And they're like, "Well, he's the main character. Fucking let's no." Well, the but they, but they did. It, they did. <laughs> it did end That's after. Why I said it? Okay. <laughs> Is that why? <laughs> it did end on a really vicious cliffhanger, and then they canceled it. And then Michael Clark Duncan died later. It's like, well, we're not going to see any follow up of that story. Right? Wow. But yeah, Tales of the Gold Monkey. Well, I mean, it's, I never got to see that. Another one, Stargate Universe, ended on a cliffhanger. Yes, that one pisses me off. And, uh, I was going to say, what's nice about that though is uh, there's a really small comic company that picked up the license, and they apparently have the blessing of the producers, and they're continuing that storyline. I have uh, issue number one. Uh, it's like something called like uh, American. Uh, mythology or something mm. like that it's a really small publishing house they're not putting out a lot of copies so um i was fortunate enough that they had just a few copies left at uh, cosmic comics and it was only because one of the staff was a big stargate fan as well and convinced the uh the uh, the manager to to buy that and he said they they've been selling them out with wow. the supply that they bought so manimal did they see jack of all trades Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just stumbled across a trailer that I've not tried. So I stumbled across the opening credits of that somewhere on YouTube. Yeah. I'm like, how did I not know about this? When did this run? Yeah. A long time yeah. ago. Whiz kids. <laughs> Another one that actually got picked up was Continuum. Yeah. So it was canceled, but they actually did like six or seven episodes to finish up the series. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed yeah. that. Actually, one of the worst ones is, is Alf. Which ends up with him being taken off by the government to some government facility. <laughs> Right, Wizards and Warriors. Yeah, I remember that one. We got that in Kuwait. That's how cheap that was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that the Stargate conti- uh, Continuum, and then uh, no, just Continuum, not uh, 
Oh, the oh the oh the TV series continuum. Yeah. I thought you were talking um, about the uh, the Stargate uh, straight to universe. Blu-ray movies. Those were actually really that was. They were supposed to do that with Atlantis and a couple other. In fact, uh, that was what was supposed to happen with Stargate Universe. Is they were going to do what they did with SG One and Atlantis, and they were going to move them right into a direct to Blu-ray movies. And then MGM, who had been flirting with bankruptcy for a while, finally did go bankrupt, and there was just no money to mm. to continue and to production of those mini movies. They did the the two SG One movies, and then. They basically struck all the sets. And did you ever watch Continuum? Though it was shot in Vancouver. I know what you're talking about. I, I Jelly just, I did never, a 10 minute review of Continuum. I never, I never watched it. No, the, the, the it was good. I enjoyed pilot. it. I, I would like to see the Shock Monkeys on Shock Monkeys where list their their favorite show that got canceled or and ended on a cliffhanger and never finished. The Wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Torgo's got a bunch. The wizard, as in the the one with the little the little bag of everything, or the uh, uh, the, the one with uh, David Rappaport. Yeah. The, okay. The, the little guy. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. there was another one where it was supposed to be um, uh, the Time Bandit. Oh crap! I'm totally blanking out on the guy's name. Uh, but it's essentially um, uh, the wizard from the Knights of the Round Table. My brain just Merlin? shut down. Merlin. Merlin. It's like Merlin in like the twentieth century, and it was something. It had wizard in the title. Hmm. God, I can't wizard remember. in New York. <laughs> the next on the AMC lineup. <laughs> oh boy, liking what you see. <laughs> liking what you see. Well, Andy wants positive, so that's already off <laughs> on a good go. foot. Liking what you see is based on a Ted Chang short story of the same name and executive produced by Eric Hessier, who did Arrival. Uh, the show is set in the near future where residents of Saybrook, quote, have voluntarily adopted. God damn it. Calignosia a reversible, non invasive procedure that eliminates their ability to perceive beauty. Once you have Calignosia, no one looks prettier or uglier than anyone else, and the people of Saybrook judge each other purely by their merits, unquote. Huh. Liking what you see. Ted Chang is a <sighs> great short story writer. Yeah. I've mentioned him before. He's, he's this guy who, he doesn't write multiple short stories a year. He writes one every three or four years. Oh, wow. And the science fiction community goes apeshit over it. <laughs> He's he's that good though. His anthologies uh, are are very good, and I definitely recommend him. So I'm, that alone, I'm just gonna like yeah, green. Yeah, light. I'm intrigued. Green light. I kind of want to see that. It sounds a little Harrison Bergeron-y, but that's, that's it, I, that, which I, think, I love too. I think overall, it's a it's a it's a dumb concept because frankly, while people do judge uh, on appearance, there is so much more. It's not binary. It's not mm. like good-looking, bad-looking, or their own merits. It's like good-looking is a merit of sorts. And so to sit there and do that, well, we kill beauty, then they'll judge them purely on merit. There are other merits of shallow judgment people could go on. So it's, I think it's kind of silly. But once again, yeah, I'll green light. Matt? Yeah, I green light it. Jeff? Uh, red for me. I'm not uh, not digging it. You shallow son of a bitch. Jeff hates beauty. He doesn't like what he sees. <laughs> he, he has calignosity or whatever the hell is. <laughs> <laughs> he has calistoga wagon. He's uh, he's good. Calistoga wagon. Super califragilisticism. 
Uh, last one on the list, AMC. Yay. The Age of Miracles. Age of Miracles is being produced by Sinead Daly from The Get Down. And is about what happens when the Earth's rotation mysteriously slows and people start getting sick. That's all you get. Uh, red light. Yeah, red light. That log line is not enough for me. Yep. Red light. Ditto. Red. All right. And that is the AMC lineup, gentlemen, for good or ill. Here we go. Give me a pop. Four. Week in Geek. Yes. Woohoo. I win. <laughs> Not for long, Taylor. The I'm adult gonna pop a news you don't give a shit about here in a second. Yeah, just for you. That sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> That's why it's a number two. Just turn. Denial. Wow. Denial is not just a turn. I huh? see your intent. <laughs> I can't turn a blind eye to this man. <laughs> just one. I'm not liking there what I see. Oh. God damn it! Wow. <laughs> Wizard. We're going to have to patch <laughs> oh, this relationship. Oh, Andy. Oh, now he's got the oh Popeye my God. squint. It's off. Now he's looking like Popeye. <laughs> Hardcastle and McCormick. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> the Adult Swim cartoon series Rick and Morty has done a lot of crazy things in the years it's been on. Green light. Uh, one thing it did did that no one expected was revitalize a desire for the Mulan Szechuan sauce <laughs> that McDonald's made back as a promotional item back in 1998. It became a huge internet gag, and looks like McDonald's decided to become part of that gag in a major way by sending Justin a 64-ounce jug of the sauce. Justin Roiland, who voices both Rick and Morty, recently tweeted some image of the jug and corresponding note that comes with it as well as the words, holy shit. <laughs> Here's what it says on the label of the jug. For use only in McDonald's restaurants, C-1998M, during limited promotional window, and then maybe again 20 years later. Do not serve to mad scientists traveling with their teenage grandson, potential non-scientist versions of mad scientists from an alternate dimension, and or Jerry. Unquote. Mm -hmm. Nice. Also in the package is a letter to Justin Roiland explaining where the sauce came from, quote unquote, as well as information that some fans might also be able to receive some of this sweet sauce in the future. From the letter, quote, we finally did it. It took months, but we finally brought back some Szechuan sauce. We'll spare you the physics, but it turns out dimension C-1998M is a dimension where it's always 1998. 1998 every day no smartphones no social media it's a weird scary place but they've got szechuan sauce on the regular menu so here we are with some precious cargo some szechuan sauce you remember and some souvenirs from some of the dimensions we tried along the way we wish we could have brought more sauce through but we couldn't risk keeping a portal like that open thinking about it if you knew that in 1998 mcdonald's would have all day breakfast in 2017 would you want to stay in 1998 of course not if we left the portal open, we'd have a puka shells, bucket hats, and boy bands, as far as the eye can see. It's too risky, even for a sauce as delicious as this. A few lucky fans will also get to experience the glory, but the first bottle of this dimension is for you. Stay swifty, Chef Mike, unquote. The, PR, dub team, dub. the PR team behind this deserves to be knighted. Yes. They so get it. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Brilliant. It's, it's so weird. I, I remember vividly that promotion. And 
because I, I was I was working there at that it. time. I don't remember what the sauce tastes like at all. I literally have no memory of it. Szechuan. I. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Uh, well, it's Andy, been- stop! <laughs> it wasn't that funny. Welcome back. No. Guess who's my, back? My line wasn't funny. The look he gave you was a funny. Part. <laughs> he brought the pillow with him. Apparently. Oh my god! Andy's like clutching his chest. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> he's he's so pleased with himself. Yes. I couldn't help but just look at him and go like, what? <laughs> Jesus. I just oh. see the the, that the video scene of, for that. Um, <laughs> oh old old M Bison and you're Sagat. You see that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I have no memory of tasting that sauce. I know I had it, and they had a sauce prior too. They they did like an Oriental McNuggets. I think it was yeah. the actual name. Oh yeah, of that it. was like that was well before I was started working there. I th- yeah, I think that was in like. Late '80s, early '90s. I th- yeah, late '80s actually. I think it had to be because I remember we were visiting my uh, grandmother and grandfather in Michigan. They came with chopsticks. And, yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say that because, and it came in this funky little. It almost looked like a um, like Chin- a take like a Chinese takeout mm-hmm. box. Yes, and they had their own sauces for that one as yeah. well. That's not racist at all. Well, they had <laughs> they had the traditional sweet and sour, but then right. they had like uh, it was a different version of the spicy mustard, right? That had like it definitely had like horseradish in it. Um, had the sweet and sour, and then I can't remember the other one. There was another one that was that were like exclusive to the the Oriental nuggets. And wow, that stopped at the border. Nothing got past the border, man. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I I can't remember the what the I can't remember the flavor of the Szechuan sauce at all. Hmm. It's well, Szechuan. I hope we get to taste it soon. <laughs> we got that Szechuan. <laughs> Somebody <sighs> pop that bubble. Oh, yeah, it's my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Weekend Geek. Yay. That's a three. Looks like the John Wick movies are about to give rise to a cinematic universe. (laughs) (laughs) Like it wasn't already? Lionsgate has come out a winner of a bidding war for a female-centric spec action script called Ballerina. Uh, beating out Warner Brothers and Universal, and that the studio plans to use it as a springboard as a possible John Wick spinoff, a.k.a. creating a cinematic universe based on Keanu Reeves' character. Jane Wick. Uh, written by Shay Hatton, Ballerina is described as being similar to La Femme Nikita, the 1990 female-centric assassin movie that launched Luke Besson's career, uh, but with uh, a, quote, more pulpy, hyper-stylized bend a la Quentin Tarantino or Matthew Vaughn, unquote. That, this is the name. Uh, this is the name, I think. <laughs> but Basil I- Iwank. What? <laughs> Could you repeat that? <laughs> uh, wow, poor that, Todd that got, really got trolled. You. Have people been putting <laughs> fake names into his list for him? Uh, uh, okay, this is how the last name is spelled. I-W-A-N-Y-K. And you said that? I wank. <laughs> and, and first name, either Basil or, if it's British, it's probably, Basil. It's probably like I so, so it couldn't I have wank. been like uh, Ewonk or... Uh, Possibly. <laughs> anything. But W-A-N-Y-K. Mr. I wank. How's it going? <laughs> That's Dumas. <laughs> uh, he will produce the movie through his Thunder Road banner 
which also produces the John Wick movies. Uh, the story will apparently center on a young woman raised to become an assassin who goes on the hunt for the one's other assassins that killed her family. Uh, Lionsgate saw in Ballerina the potential to further expand its successful John Wick movie franchise, <laughs> which currently has a third film in the works. Well, they already. What's got you now? <laughs> well, are you looking up the pr- according to IMDb? It is Iwanik. Iwanik. You've got a typo there. It's I W A N Y K. That's how. That's how I spell it. I W A N Y K. Well, that's I. But how is that I wank? Then where'd you get I wank from that? That's I wank. Iwanik. Were you I wanking when you got this story? I wonder if the I is solid and it'd be like wank, wank, The I is solid. They stitch it back up. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe the white. The ice solid. He's been on his belly for a month. Mm. <laughs> Just a week, thank God. I, ha, uh, Basil Iwank. You know, no. There, <laughs> <laughs> there's already a female Iwanic. assassin in those movies that he fights. So why don't they just well, like branch off with that one instead of a brand new? Oh, because it you have well. We already know the end of that character if you've seen yeah, the first but have film. Yeah, have it before. But if you consider how many assassins are in this yeah. this business, and, you know, and, and a lot and that, of it is that it, go to going, that hotel, going to all the continentals and the whole yeah. underworld thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's clearly Green its light. own established society. So, yeah, they could. Uh, there's a lot of things they could do with it. They got to see John Wick. One or two. One you or haven't two. seen either. You one? haven't seen John Wick. Me neither. Oh, oh, it's, spelled, yeah. it's spelled W-I-Y-C-K, right? W-I-C-K. <laughs> I see what you mean there. John Iwick. <laughs> one or two, one or two. Damn it. Ah, Week in Geek, number four. A major hack has hit HBO, including content from upcoming episodes of Game of Thrones, new full episodes of Ballers and Room 104, and possibly more. The cyber attack was warned about Sunday night, and episodes and script materials began appearing online Monday morning. Uh Uh-oh. Quote, HBO recently experienced a cyber incident which resulted in the compromise of proprietary information. We immediately began investigating the incident and are working with law enforcement and outside cybersecurity firms. Data protection is our top priority at HBO and we take seriously our responsibility to protect the data we hold. Some dude Unquote. sitting in China, some dude sitting in Russia. What are they going to do? Nothing. That's what, H- that's what HBO said to EW. Uh, the claim by the hacking group is that they've pulled 1.5 terabytes from HBO's servers. Dwayne Johnson's Ballers and the new anthology series Room 104 are the only series that have had confirmed episode leaks thus far, though the hackers say more is coming soon. They also release excerpts they claim come from the Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 4, The Spoils of War, set to air next Sunday, August 6th. Uh, this is the second major hack this year after Netflix had episodes from their new season of Orange is the New Black stolen and released online before its debut. All right, pop it. Hack'em's Hack'em Robots. Up. That, what, that, squeezing your <laughs> no, cup. Two, I got a two. You're squeezing, no, <laughs> no I popped it. I got a two. You, you squeezed you a cup full of ice. I didn't see him pop it. All I saw him do was squeeze the cup in, in, in fury. All right, fucking. Oh, damn it. Weak and geek. Four. Yes. Loser. 
Before you start, cheating Magoo, okay. I just wanted to do. I, I did forget my one weekend geek. I I, I double checked it on the the net because it was kind of funny. On my home phone, uh, for those of you out there, I actually keep uh, my landline because that used to be my parents' number. So for re- purposes of their estate, I hold on to it just uh, to get uh, any calls that may relate to my parents for any reason. And at once or twice a year something comes in <clears throat> I also will use that line as a dummy number to put on forms when I don't want to give someone my cell number so oh, oh and you're talking you're talking to an ugly chick and you want to give her digits uh, <coughs> Andy no chicks are ugly you're right I'm oh, sorry <laughs> um, and you say that like he has to, he's that selective yeah, yeah that's at a this good point, point that's right life. I mean look at you Right. Oh, wow. wow. I'm sorry, Andy. I didn't mean for this story to get so hard. <laughs> Liking what you see is based on a Ted Chang story. <laughs> date one woman. But date one woman, it looks like Woody kidding. Allen. Jeez. I get this, this eerie. I wish I'd record it. I was so stupid. I erased the message. It's on my answering machine. And it is in a kind of hawking computer generated voice with slight slavic accent oh, okay. from windows the... security division cybercrime <laughs> where we detected disturbing activity on your computer <laughs> if you do not want us to register your <laughs> ISP, and I do think they said ISP address. Hmm. ISP address, you must call us at this number. And then they give an eight-digit number, (laughs) which I I, I couldn't even figure out. Where the hell does this number go for me to call to address this cybercrime thing that's on... That occurred on my computer. Well, I've never heard of a of a phone uh, phishing before. I um I I did <laughs> Google it, and apparently Microsoft has actually put out a warning about scams. What they do is they will trick you into installing uh some malicious some malware onto your computer. What Microsoft ten? <laughs> oh, you're a. <laughs> But, but yeah, it's. I got a call like that, uh, and it purported to be the IRS. It says, "This is the Internal Revenue Service. Yeah, it's... We are attempting to reach you." And by and it, yeah, it was like totally computer generated. It yes. was totally obvious, it's and so I'm like, funny. "Who falls for this?" But then I I look online, and apparently a lot of people have fallen for oh, yeah. this. Well. I think because uh, they're so the, afraid of you know being you know collected upon or whatever. I think a lot of it has to do with um, uh, it being my parents' number because mm-hmm. it's like a lot of this is ageist, where they're uh-huh. going after seniors, mm. be uh, scaring them with you know strange stuff they don't understand. Although I also got a mysterious phone call on my cell. the 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 caller ID number was two thousand one. <laughs> So I'm like, whoa, is this going to be Hal? What's it? And I, I, I looked at it and I'm like, Person, I'm going to, yeah. yeah. I Kirsten, can't. we need you to put your phone down. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, Kirsten, we can't do that. But it was this. You um, it? Did you answer it? Please tell me you answered it. Oh, yeah, I did answer Excellent. it. And it was also a computer generated voice 
telling me that my additional debit card is not usable and has been locked out for security reasons. And that one was weird. Huh. It, was, it was just like 2001. <laughs> yeah, that's I, a I little off-putting. So mm. it was, and this was uh, this was the weekend of DefCon. So sure. oh sure. You know, they put up signs in the back rooms of a lot of the casinos for the employees saying, "Don't turn, leave your phone off." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay away from public Wi-Fi. Yep, I've had that happen at work too. They were like, "It's like, all right, so we know DefCon is over at Alexis Park. However, okay, sorry for that interruption. That's all right. A good interruption." Uh, Weekend Geek, Marvel Entertainment has released plans for additional Marvel legacy titles that are, if anything, even more nostalgic than the mainline. It's releasing six comic books designed... This is this kind of goes back to the TV thing we just discussed. Mm. Releasing six comic books designed to act as overdue final issues for series that ended years ago. Nice. As announced to retailers at San Diego Comic-Con and now officially revealed to the new public by Newsarama, Marvel will resurrect Not Brand Eck, Master of Kung Fu, Dazzler, Power Pack, Silver Silver Sable and the Wild Pack, and Dark Hawk for special issues with the numbering of each each title continuing from the previously canceled regular series. Mm. Uh, The various series came from different parts of Marvel's past. Not uh, Not Brand Eck, for example, ended in May 1969. While both Silver Sable and the Wild Pack and Dark Hawk, the most recent titles in the lineup, finished their runs with issues dated April 95. Uh, Master of Kung Fu, Dazzler, and uh, Power Pack ended in 83, 86, and 91, uh, respectively. This isn't the first time a comic book publisher has resurrected Long Dead series for new final issues. As part of its uh, 2009 Blackest Night storyline, which featured the dead coming back to life across its superhero universe, DC Entertainment revived eight canceled comics for one month. Hmm. Uh, The six Marvel issues will be released across November and December with details about creators to be revealed soon. Nice. So Hmm. finally get that ending to Dazzler. There was a... um <laughs> there was a Marvel book. It was, it was like Marvel Premiere or something like that. They used to have books that they it was would kind of like testing. Yeah, it was like te- they would test out things and stuff. But, but I know in that one, I have I have an issue of Marvel Premiere that might be maybe two issues that are essentially the end of Man Wolf. It's like the last the last two issues of Man Wolf. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was which was um, was it J was it J Jonah, Jonah Jameson's son? Am I remembering that right? I don't know anything about Manwolf. Yeah, I think it was J. Jonah Jameson's son who was sort of a werewolf, but not quite. And and this thing takes place on some weird planet. Oh like yeah, he was like he was like an astronaut, and he got he's an astronaut to went to the moon. Yeah, became a well <laughs> yeah. werewolf. Who would have thought? <laughs> right. There's no escape in that. N- not the moon. But small. I want to say it takes place on another planet, or right maybe there. even on the moon. But he, where he's like in wolf form the whole time, but he can think. Yeah, yeah. it was do cool. You, do you think he was from the moon swamp? Probably from the tiger. Oh. Yeah. I don't see how it could. But be. he did not stay perfectly still, so he's obviously not afraid of anything. Well, he wasn't a tiger, but he was a wolf, so maybe it's a uh... two <laughs> news you yeah! don't give a shit about. <sighs> news you don't give a shit about. Shooting has started on Bumblebee. <laughs> the first, yep. the first official. I, I could not give less of a shit about this. <laughs> 
the first official spinoff of the billion-dollar Transformer movie franchise, with the picture also getting a release date of December 21st, 2018. Uh, Paramount Pictures and Hasbro wanted to expand both the Transformers and overall Hasbro movie universes for a while now, and Bumblebee is the first in that direction. The film has added WWE star and actor John Cena to the cast. The movie is being directed by Travis Knight, the head of the animation studio uh, Laika Entertainment and director of the company's acclaimed Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, This will be Knight's uh, live-action directorial debut. Uh, Paramount's plot synopsis states, quote, On the run in the year 1987, Bumblebee finds refuge in a junkyard in a small California beach town. Charlie, played by Haley Steinfeld, will, on the cusp of turning 18 and trying to find her place in the world, discovers Bumblebee, battle-scarred and broken. When Charlie revives him, she quickly learns that this is no ordinary yellow VW bug, unquote. Uh, Veteran Transformer producer Lorenzo Di Bonavera described Bumblebee as, quote, an incredibly loved character in the movie as a coming-of-age story injecting new life into the Transformers franchise. The story's already happened in the Transformers universe. Did that happen in the first movie? No, it was uh, like the third one with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. It's like a rusted-up um, semi, and it's Optimus Prime right. hiding out, and he's all busted and shit. And he's like, this is a Transformer! Oh, my God! And then it's already happened. Only this time, you won't be able to see who the Bumblebee's talking to because it's John Cena. Right. You can't see me. Hey, at least I didn't go to the phone and, and bring up the music for you. I appreciate it. I know Boy, do, do I appreciate it. I know you do. Haley's <laughs> Steinfeld. I got that. Bumblebee. I got I that. You got to give him that one. She's a good actress. She's great. This is where I'm sort of torn because she was. she's very good. And I hear this is a and, great director of animation. Yeah, so it's sort of like, mmm. I, this I would be interested just to just to see her. Well, regardless of what we think, even if this was a red light, green light, and we all red lit it, it was gonna go to the theaters anyway. It's gonna make a ton of money. I I, I am so baffled by the the Transformers phenomenon because I know many people who go see these films painfully aware that it's not going to be a good film, <laughs> and they still go see them. The first one was good. The first one was first decent. One was I, I, I'll yeah. say the first yeah. one was decent. Then it was off the rails from there. But it just it's all spectacle. It's all spectacle. It's way too complicated on the actual robotic front. Like they, they just look ridiculous. Like, you know, well, they're I standing can- still and all these little things are twirling around and spinning and Now I can't you know. speak for the world stage, but in the US the last uh, one didn't do that well. No, it didn't, but it still made quite a bit of money here, sure. and it made a ton of money overseas. Yes, it did. It's so, huge in China. I mean, huge. yeah. I mean, I just it. it but like huge. I said, it, it just baffles China. me the mindset of people going like, "Oh, I'm going to go see the new Transformers movie." Like, why? <laughs> well, it's got to be better than the last one, right? I'm like, <laughs> stop telling yourself that. Or, or, or the, the other one that I hey, the other argument I heard next? was was that he's like, well, you know. I know it's going to be terrible, but I still got to go see it, you know, just to have seen the whole series. And I'm like, no, you don't. The completest in me. You don't have to go see a movie that you know is going to be terrible. They don't force you to go those, you know. Yeah, exactly. This is America. Transformers, you complete me. Frustrating. (laughs) 
Uh, we got no, time for like, one more pop, guys. More like one more. Oh, no, you didn't. Is that me or you? That's me. You okay. popped the news you don't give a shit about. Oh, remember? I'm sorry. <laughs> He's not one sorry. More, one more, you one don't two, even one remember two, doing two. your groan? All right, here we go. One, two, one, two, one, two. Fuck yeah. Three. Oh. Three. Week in gig. You're going to end it on Week a nice gig. Yay. Yes. I got to look for it first. Okay. Look, look I got a lot it. of notes. Yeah, yeah. Dead air, dead air, dead air. Stephen King's It director, Andy Muschietti, will soon turn his sights to monster robots in the live-action Robotech movie. A film is based on the 80s anime franchise about gigantic robots on a future Earth that was stitched together hybrid of trio Japanese anime shows, the Super Dimension Fortress Macross, uh, Super Dimension Cavalry Southern Cross, and Genesis Chamber uh, Mospeda. Okay. Its main plot centered around a, a colossal spaceship called the SDF Number One. Uh, titanic aliens who hope to acquire its protoculture energy source and the courageous pilots who protect it with badass transformable jet fighters. Uh, Robotech has had a revolving roster of directors associated with its uh, sci-fi fantasy material, including James Wan from Saw, and the guy's now directing Aquaman. Akiva Goldsman did A Beautiful Mind, uh, Batman and Robin, Dark Tower, and uh, Nick Matthew, who did uh, Spectral. So, but now we have the IT director, Andy okay. Muschietti. Why do we give a shit about this and not give a shit about Transformers? Because to my old mind, they're the same damn thing. What? Because at least... The Transformers, we know what that is. Okay. Robotech, we don't know if, how true to source this will be. Okay. And it's also not being directed by Michael Bay, so we might true. actually get a decent okay. character development storyline... That you know, you actually might give a shit about the characters, yeah. whether they live or die. Or I, I confess, this is where I, my old comes in because I was past watching Saturday morning cartoons when those things were on, and they always looked the same to me whenever I saw them. I, I know that Robotech, at least the first season of it, is on Netflix, so mm -hmm. you can you know see it in its glory. Uh, I remember in college, my friends being obsessed with Robotech, and right? I and it never grabbed me. Uh, I, I tried watching it a few times. I'm like, this just isn't working. So while Robotech was going on, all my friends were BattleTech. So. Now, now BattleTech, I haven't seen or read any of the novels, but that's a fun goddamn game. Yeah, that's a, a card game, mech board game, uh, mech board game. Yeah, uh, the old um, Sierra Games, I think it was. I think it's Sierra Games. Uh, they did them like early '90s computer games. Ah, as Sierra well. Online. Yes. Yeah. There we go. No. King's Quest, uh, Police Quest. Yes. Uh, some of the great adventure games, graphic adventure games of the 80s. Right. It was also one of the first animation or uh, cartoons that had used, I guess, a version of CGI like very early on. It's pretty pretty poor, but that was mm. good. Robotech was confusing because it took, just like he said there, it basically took like three different Japanese series and it hacked them all up and put them into what was a pseudo, you know, through through line that... Uh, too many cooks, yeah, too exactly. many cooks, <laughs> too many Open cooks. So I think if they start yes, off yes, with, yes, yes, yes. with a original franchise, because it's probably going to be more than one film, they can actually build something unique and different and not have it be exactly what that confusing... Because that's where I that's that was what I always took from Robotech when I watched. Because I did watch uh, a lot of it when I was a kid. Because uh, 
when I, especially when I would visit my grandparents in in Missouri. That was, one, that was like yeah. that was like yeah. one of the few things that was on like in the yeah. like Saturday you afternoon. Get choices at grandma's house. Yeah, no. you know it was like uh, oh hey what's this? You know because we had this we had this tiny little color television in what they called the playroom, which was where all the toys were. That they they kind of shuffled the grandkids off in there, and so my grandparents had a twenty Atari twenty six hundred, uh-huh. and the only art game I remember on that that they had was Steeplechase, oh. which is the horse racing game, right? Um, so I learned to like that too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I understand limits at grandma's house. Right? Have you ever seen the mechanical horse game they have sometimes as a, as a gaming thing here? Uh, yes, you'd go, the only place I know you can find it here currently is at the unfortunately named hotel The D oh, the downtown. D has it. Okay. Uh, the uh, The D has a throwback casino on the mm. second floor, which uh, all the machines. There's take. a second floor at the D. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's where the shows are. And oh. uh, that casino is all pays out in coins. Doesn't do the tickets like all the modern machines do. Really? So, so it's an old school casino up there. And they have the mechanical I want, horses. I want to go up there just to record that sound. I miss that dick-a-dick, sound. Dick-a-dick, dick-a-dick, no, dick-a-dick. the 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 sound of uh, coin op machines. Oh, I was going back off. to that horse racing. But the horse racing. <laughs> yeah, I used to play that. When I first came to Nevada, I played that horse racing game at the sure place in the show. Edgewater or something. Yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, we never won, but it was fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's a little mechanical. It's you you pay a buck to watch the machine. The animals. When run. you came okay, back so to Nevada. Is, they probably rolled the stairs right up to the side of the plane. That's how old you are. Right. right? Okay. Uh, okay. I, plane? What plane? Oh, shit. I was trying to figure out. It six months. Wild carriages. Yeah. The Indian. We got to fight him off. Yeah. Yeah. Circle the wagons. Yeah. I was trying to figure out which mechanical horse game you're talking about because I was going to like the old Midway game where you rolled the... Uh, the ping oh, pong yeah, up there, one. and then your horse advanced that many number of spaces. Ah, yes. Yep. So this is a different one then. Yes, this no, was this an actual is... casino gambling game. Okay, and it's—I uh, don't it's, think I've seen this one. It's so a, you'll have it's to a table. It's it. probably four feet by six feet. Uh huh. And there's horses on a on a track. They're like on a little. And they just oh, like a circle thing? Yeah. yeah. You look down on it. Yeah. I have seen that. Okay. okay, I know what you're talking about. Like you put your money in, and then it. Yeah. Spins you get, you around and which horse okay. comes in first and second, and it's how you you can't win by guessing the right first right when you have to get them both right. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh God, I'm gonna lose a lot of money this weekend. Oh, you're <laughs> gonna go check that out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a fun game. It's 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 like the closest to pinball that, <laughs> that yeah. they ever got in the casinos. I do remember, and this always blew my mind uh, when I first came to Las Vegas about '84. There was a horse racing gambling machine at the Riviera, but you were gambling on pre-recorded horse races on a television. Oh, wow. I think they had that when uh, when I came out here with your folks in, in 89. Sure. But because I, I remember around. like walking through and your dad pointing it out and going, yeah, this is it's all like pre-recorded races and you, you bet on the horses to win, supposedly not knowing yeah, you know, which, which, which one, clip which one you'd get. Yeah. So... That always seemed really weird and sketchy to me. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it seems like somebody who's a real horse fanatic would go, "Oh, is this one? I don't you know where to bet that." You know, somebody. Who's, you know. Then again, that was pre, you know, easily accessible internet. Yes. So what was that? It's not like the, you could just look up and say, "Oh, I know this sure. one." Was it win lose draw? Was that the the there was a game show? The, I there was a 
a party game when Loser no, no. Drawn. They made a made it into a no, game. No, this one this one's like kind of infamous because there were, it was just a, the no whammies, no whammies. That one. That's press your luck. Press your luck. That's it. And that and because it seems like you get that situation where you'd memorize the patterns. You imagine I'm walking up to the screen, Sagittarius. Yeah, I'll bet on the other one. <laughs> I'm guessing you, uh, you didn't get Secretary. like a full clip. Oh, you would get things <laughs> cut together, uh, and it was the ending one that was randomized. Gotcha. So I secretariat. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, because that video one had like a laser disc in it, and it would play like. Yeah, it it, it, it was the dragon's layer of yeah. casino oh, games. Oh god. What's your dragon's layer? Write to us comments at uglycowshow.com. And next week is episode 400, and I still have lots of news in every category. Oh, my gosh. So we'll we'll probably visit some of this on episode 400, because even though it's a special episode, we still want to give what we do. Mm -hmm. This week on a very special episode Mm -hmm. of Geek Shark. Should be a very special episode, right? What? No promises. Might might be some surprises. There might be. There might be not. I don't know. I can't give you promises on anything. Yeah, we will do it next week. Without pants. For Derek Coleman. (laughs) I I can't promise there won't be any uh, medical issues next week. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we never... We got one eye left. It's all fun and games until somebody loses an eye. (laughs) Then it's just a game. Find the eye. I could just easily see it's like you finally regain complete vision in your left eye, and then you manage to like poke yourself in the right eye or something. This is my seventh eye operation. What? Seven? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You had the cataract two, one. Two, one each on the cataracts, uh-huh. and then one each on the lasers in the eye, so that's four. This is actually my eighth. <laughs> that's my eighth, because I had three operations before I was two years old. Oh, So I was born okay. cross-eyed. Oh, wow. Yeah. And until next week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Check Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week, episode 400. Ah, it's driving me nuts. 400. <laughs> 400. Wow. Somebody What's asked that me in Canadian? Canadian? I, think yeah. it's, I think it's 90, if I heard it's right. It's three loonies. Uh, well, it's it's 80 cents for every Canadian dollar in the U.S. So, so what does an episode translate into? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you could have let it go. You didn't have to say anything. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to call me out on that. <laughs> I don't feel like doing. I don't feel like doing the math. I wasn't told it would be math. <laughs> it was that told it would be math. <laughs>